0: And what the heck? We might as well get going. Five minutes, four minutes early. Woo! Look at us. Four, uh, four minutes early. We'll get out of here four minutes early. We, we are the model of efficiency. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's about the only modeling we'll ever do.
1: That's true. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I could still pull off a good hand model job with my left. <laughs>
0: Hey, and welcome to a, another episode of AT Banter.
1: Banter, banter.
0: Hey, this is of course the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot. and joining me today, as per usual, Mister. Hey, I'm Ryan
1: Fleury. Flurry. Flurry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, gotcha. And, yeah he's uh, he's not being second fiddle this time that's right
0: kidding wow okay and uh i guess that that's gonna leave mr steve barkley hi steve
1: i guess i'm second fiddle too
0: that'll that'll teach you to to come in on time i I suppose (laughs) this is is what happens when you when you come to rehearsals uh yeah how is how's everybody
1: oh great i am jim dandy
0: Wow, Ryan, is just, he's just in there
1: today. <laughs> what happened? Did, we igno- Did I ignore perfect. him
0: the entire episode last week or something? I don't know what happened.
1: I think Linda Very must sensitive. have put something in his cocoa
0: puffs. Yeah, well, that's quite possible. Um, mm, cocoa puffs. You know what I was thinking uh, just today? Um, cause I was thinking about, I, cause I, you know, whenever I ask you guys the question, how are you, I always have to come up, make sure that I have a response even though half the time you bastards don't ask how I am doing anyways. But that's <laughs> wait, a whole other podcast. Wait, wait, wait. No, forget it, it's wait, too late, no, Flurry, forget no. it.
2: No, forget Listen, you're not gonna rant for five minutes. So
0: Rob, how are you doing? <laughs> I wasn't gonna rant for, for five minutes, but anyways, I'm doing fine. Uh, that's That was, I was thinking about what my response would be. And I'd be like, my response would be, um, it's pretty good. It's, a good, it's been a good week. I feel like we have no disasters. We're not in the middle of any super extreme weather event. We've had no mudslides, earthquakes, uh, AI hasn't taken over. I feel like it's been a pretty good week
1: um, in general. Okay, Uh, Rob. Yeah. Rob, um, you need to stop talking.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, next week's a whole other story probably, but for this week, we're having a nice week. But my point was, um, that got me thinking that something that we haven't done lately that we should really do, I think we're, we're overdue to do this just because of the state of things. We need to do a good news show again. Yeah, we need to bring we need to bring an episode of those back. So, all right, I'll get on that. We'll get on that. Maybe after the anniversary show because the anniversary show is going to be a chock full of nonsense. Um, yeah, maybe maybe after that we'll uh, quite, quite likely. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, no, so. I got some ideas for that, but I'll talk to you guys uh, off mic, because I, I have an idea of a, of a good guest host we could bring on for that, uh, for that episode, but I don't right. bore the audience with that. I've already bored them enough.
2: You figure? Yeah, you're still talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like that thing that won't shut up. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. I hate you.
2: I know, but you keep coming back for more. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Listen, why don't let's let's tell the fine folks uh, at home uh, what the heck we're doing today.
2: Well, today we have back with us Peter Field from the Triple Vision Podcast. We had Peter and his team on a few months ago, telling us about the show and what they talk about. And there's been some recent happenings over at Triple Vision, and so we thought to kind of clear the air and fill in our audience as to what's happening with Triple Vision and kind of what's to come. So, Peter, thanks for joining us.
3: It's a pleasure to be here, as always.
0: So, why don't we just start, just give us a a little bit of a a snapshot of the triple vision podcast. Um, you know, you're, yeah, I know you guys are in your second year. Um, but just for those people <laughs> in the audience that, um, aren't familiar with it, just sort of give us a, a little bit of a background of how the podcast came into being and sort of what it's, it's mandate is.
3: Sure. Rob, I can do that and, and, and no pressure. I noticed at the beginning that the the whole theme is to educate and inspire. So I will do my <laughs> best to rise to that occasion. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Triple Vision's been uh, a podcast since September 2022. Um, And in September September 2022, we organized under the banner of AMI, Accessible Media Incorporated, to deliver the podcast. Uh, And under pain of death and removing our firstborn, if we didn't do that, uh, we signed contracts and memorandum of understandings. And we had a good first year. Where, where we did an episode every two weeks, so 26 episodes. Uh, excellent first year. Um, and the, the the point of the podcast is to tell the um, story of people who are blind, deafblind, partially sighted in Canada from that lived experience perspective. So as a team, we felt that was lacking in Canada, that nobody was really telling um our story from our point of view. Lots of people were telling our stories, uh, but not necessarily from our point of view. And we decided we would change that and tell our history from our point of view. So um, that's what the podcast has been all about. Um, we took a bit of a hiatus from September 2022 to January, a bit of some time off to regroup and January came back. With uh, with a bunch of new podcasts and and well, we'll fill in the rest later.
0: Uh, okay, well that listen that brings us up to current events. So so why don't we get into just kind of what what happened during the second season and and some of the controversy around it?
3: Yeah, so we had been telling stories. We did education. We did pl- employment. We did eugenics. Um, what else did we do? We did colonialism. We had Jim Sanders on, Podcast 2, former CEO of the CNIB. Uh, we spoke to um, a, a U of O professor who had done a book um, uh, on blind veterans returning from, that was called Veterans with a Vision, Blind Veterans Returning from World War One, which eventually led to the formation of CNIB. Um, and we were, we were nice about that. Uh, we bumped up against CNIB a couple of times, especially on the eugenics episode. Um, and in January coming back, we decided to get a little bit more greedy, a bit more edgy and started talking about something along the theme of the, the danger of a single story. So the danger of a single story is when other people tell your story. Other people who don't know your story, tell your story. And we got on the subject of governance, and uh, particularly governance at the CNIB, because what we heard from people was that they didn't feel the CNIB was representative of them. And CNIB, I guess, does things like has um, surveys, and um, and I guess they they reach out to the community. They they do that actually quite frequently, but it's not the kind of representation that say the consumer groups. Uh, Have like the the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians or the Canadian Federation of the Blind or the Vision Impaired Resource Network. And and granted, those are consumer organizations and not a charity in the same way CNIB is, but um, it's a different governance model, so we wanted to talk about that. In the midst of all this, in February, um, there was a report I heard on CBC uh, National News about uh, CNIB's uh, fundraising efforts. And they were sort of calling into question, I guess, or calling, asking people perhaps to question. So this was done, this was a CBC report, and the the sort of fundraising analysis and evaluation was done by a group called Charity Intelligence, which is a nonprofit, which... um, does this uh sort of monitors evaluates gives a report card if you like on 800 charities across the country so we had kate bayon on who's their one of their managing directors and she told the story she told the story about what they found and how they found it and we put it up uh on ami like we always do and then um a week later i was talking to a friend of mine he said i can't find your podcast." I'm like, well, what do you mean? It was there like last week. No, no, can't find your podcast. And sure enough, I went down, and that particular episode was gone. The podcast was there, but that episode was gone. So I obviously wrote to AMI and I said, "What's the deal?" They said, "Oh, we'll get back to you." It's like, oh, this is this is nice. I mean, we had an arrangement with them. If there was any kind of issue, they'd come and talk to us. But no, they they didn't do that. And it turned out that the CNIB had written them an email saying, if that podcast didn't come down, uh, they were going to sue.
1: Did Did you find out on what basis they said they were going to sue? Did AMI tell you that?
3: Yeah, basically they shared part of that, uh, what they'd heard. And uh, um, they said that the numbers that Charity Intelligence gave were wrong, uh, that uh, CNIB had different numbers. They said the numbers at Charity Intelligence were wrong. Um, the fact that we had made, um, um, what did we say, opinions, I guess, uh, overtures, overtures to the fact that CNIB was not representative, uh, that was erroneous because they they feel they are representative, uh, but they didn't like that very much.
0: So, so were you guys really quite shocked at such a I- extreme reaction?
3: We were more surprised at AMI than CNIB. I mean, we know we know the way that CNIB can be, and we know that they can be heavy-handed. So it's not a huge surprise that um, they would be threatened by the podcast. But was a surprise that AMI instantly pulled down the podcast without talking to us. Um, we thought they are a broadcaster, and we thought. We were broadcasting. We thought we were telling a story and to pull down that podcast without any consultation, without coming back to us, without talking to us, uh, just summarily pull that down. That's, that's, I think that that's the thing that shocked us the most. I think.
0: So, so, but they only pulled that one episode down. So in your communication then with AMI, like sort of how did, how, how
3: did the rest of that play out? Yeah. So we met with AMI. And um, they told us, you know, that their role is to, you know, have a number of different partnerships in the community. Uh, Sounded like this impacted on at least one of their partnerships. Um, One of our podcast team members said directly to them, "Um, so do we have a gag order? We can't talk about this. And he said, oh, yeah, no, no, there's no gag order. No, no, you're fine. Um, we met with CNIB, at least I met with CNIB and we had a discussion with them and and um, they admitted that um, the numbers from Charity Intelligence were correct. Um, the numbers that they threw around in their email to uh, AMI were from 2022. 2022. 2022 numbers don't come out publicly until July. Uh, and 2022 were better numbers, a better split in terms of their their fundraising. So CNIB said, well, those numbers were correct uh, that Charity Intelligence gave. Um, They said due to the pandemic, um, the numbers were skewed, though. Um, It was during the pandemic they kept all their fundraisers on, their philanthropy team on, um, and that skewed their numbers uh, to the 52% as opposed to the 30 something percent that it would normally be. which is fair enough, but that's not what they said in their email. They basically said we're suing you we're suing you because your numbers are wrong, but that's that was incorrect um so yeah, so that so we sort of agreed that we would carry on our 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 way in terms of the relationship with a m i that we would we would try to continue on and in my conversation with c n i b um they said to me that they had no problem with opinions uh, being uh, talked about. They realized people have many different opinions about CNIV. Um, But, um, you know, they were okay with opinions, but they, they really didn't want facts to be wrong. So we just thought, okay, well, if opinions are okay, we're going to uh, tell our audience about what happened and how we feel about it. And we're going to put this to rest. So we took 10 minutes of episode 35 and we just went around, talked about how we felt, you know, we felt shocked. We felt surprised. We were dismayed, whatever it was. Um, And we said, okay, well we're done. We're not going to come back to this. We're moving on. Uh, Tuesday came for the day that podcast to be posted. And um, I looked for the podcast. They didn't find it. I looked in my email. And sure enough, there was an email from um, AMI saying they were terminating uh, our relationship. Um, that 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 was it. In their wow. words, yeah, they were, they were tired of being part of our, what do they call it, dispute with CNIB. And that it was time to part ways. Again, no discussion, nothing, just you guys are gone. Wow, yeah. that is
0: that is a little bit shocking, I have to say, yeah,
3: yeah. well, I mean, what I mean, i maybe we can discuss that, you know, in terms of what you guys think you're, you're members of the community. This is you know uh, a media company that is gets six million dollars a year from cable subscribers who represent the views of the community and and you know this is this is what's happened
1: yeah i can see it from the perspective of ami you know in that they don't want to burn a bridge with with a community member that they you know they're they're going to need to deal with cnib is obviously the the biggest uh, yeah. organization dealing with the blind in the country but at the same time uh, to to turn tail and run the first time that there's any kind of controversy is is a little uh uh, I don't know, It, you know, for an organization that, that's supposed to be delivering some news content,
3: uh, it seems seems like a, a real rollover. Yeah, uh, it, it seemed like to us, you know, they only wanted nice stories, right? Um, that was what the impression we got from them is that this was, I don't know, I mean, I wouldn't even call this hard hitting or even that edgy. I mean we're just we were just telling right. a story. We were telling a story that CBC already told.
0: Yeah, well that's and that was kind of my take on it too because really even even listening to the episode itself, it, it, there's there was no real news there. It wasn't like any you guys had to like dig deep and do some, you know, go undercover and dig all this stuff up. This is all public record. And, you know, even within the body of the episode, the the woman from Charity Intelligence said, you know, this isn't even new like this. Yeah. These numbers have, are pretty standard over the past 10 years for CNIB. So there's really, there was nothing hard hitting there. You guys were just sort of taking that information and talking about it and putting it in the form of, you know, opinions. And, you know, clearly something in there, you know, hit a nerve with CNIB. And I don't know if that's because maybe they were just coming off of that news story and and sort of recovering from that. And then this is bringing that up again. I don't know. And I'm kind of with Steve, like, you know, I can understand perspective on both sides, you know, AMI, I'm sure, so sure, they have all these relationships and, and stuff and that's got to be complicated so when this uh, this hornet's nets gets stirred up um i could i could see them being you know scared of that but at the same time i don't think that pulling pulling the podcast immediately like that um i don't know that that was the, the right answer uh, either well,
3: i mean you could look at this another way I and mean, if am is kind of straddling these relationships and partnerships will pull the partners together, right? Like, why not? Why not have a joint podcast or a joint discussion with CNIB and Triple Vision, you know, hosted by AMI or something, where, you know, this was talked about it and discussed out in the open, right? I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's another way that this could have gone
0: yeah well i mean the other interesting thing about it is that this episode was part of a four-part series that you guys did on cnib governance and it it does deserve to be mentioned that on two of those four episodes you actually had people from the cnib both past and present uh to come on and talk about about sort of the inner workings of cnib from their perspectives so you know i got the impression as a listener that you guys were trying to be very fair and balanced. You you were trying to get all different sides of this issue to try to get sort of a complete picture.
3: Yeah, we gave them a lot of airtime. So um, we started off with um, two of their former board members talking about governance and the history of governance because they had the history there. The history, they were there uh, in terms of being on the committee and, and the, the archivist in particular. So... The one guest was their archivist and had all that history. So we had that piece. Then we went um went to the community and we had the community uh sort of talk about how they felt about it. And then we brought that back to CNIB. So we had the the, the chief operating officer and the chair of their national board, the foundation board come on and and talk about, you know, how they do things, how governance works for them and what the kind of like the national board was up to and questions to them about okay so how do you how do you deal with this question from the community around lack of representation they want to be represented on your board how you know how do you do that and they gave a very you know very good answer and um you know so we we treated that you know with with balance and um you know this last one i guess they did i think they were sort of still recovering from the CBC article. And I think this just kind of set a few alarm bells off again.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what they say, bad, bad gas travels fast in a small town, right? And we are very much part of a small town in a sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What was the feedback you got from your
2: listening audience?
3: Well, it was funny because, um, the, uh, producer that we're working with there, their technical producer said, since we started the series on governance, the the ratings went up, the, the listenership went up. Right. So we didn't get, we didn't get really much direct back uh, from, from listeners. I think, I think we're still letting people know. I mean, we've been, yeah. we've been trying to figure out how to position this so that we can somewhat protect ourselves because, um, obviously people wanted those two podcasts down, uh, they're back up again. So we regrouped. Um, we now have our own website, triplevision.team. all our podcasts are there. Um, we're now, as you guys are, I'm sure up on Apple, Spotify, all the podcatcher, uh, platforms and those podcasts are up there. So we've been trying to manage this in a way that, uh, that we can sort of, you know, maybe get some cover, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going ahead and, um, those podcasts are live, are are up again. Well, and I think You you guys
2: were bold and brave in, in telling the story. Like you said, there weren't, there wasn't anybody focusing in on that single story, you guys broached it and, you know, maybe came up against some hurdles But, you know, again, I think it's still a story that needs to be told. And I think if the community really wanted their voices heard, your podcast is a great place for them to reach out to and say, you know, we want this story. And, you know, Rob and I were talking the other day about how it might be great to have some sort of round table where we can bring the different blindness Mm -hmm. organizations to the table in Canada and say, what do you do? What do you Mm -hmm. do? What do you do? Mm-hmm, um, that's mm-hmm. all kind of come together and see how we can work
3: together. Yeah. Well, we, we have an advisory committee where we've done that. So we have representatives of CFB, ABC, Vern, uh, we have a, a, a rep for step blind and we have a couple of sort of, uh, standalone so people from the community as well as another charity out there. I don't know if you guys are aware of a charity called a life worth living, uh, out of, um, out of Windsor. Um, and um, I mean, they're very supportive, but that's that's how one of the ways we ensure that we've got a community voice in our podcast and a way of of getting directions. So that that advisory committee has been very supportive of uh, of where we're going.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I I have a a little bit of a of a unique perspective on this, I guess, working at actively working at a, a nonprofit. Mm. I mean, I do understand optics are very important to nonprofits. And so okay. mm-hmm. um, you know, this and, and especially this the dreaded word of overhead. Um that's Mm. really been demonized in sort of the the general public right anything when it's when we talk about numbers and and how much what goes where when people people get really angry if they think that their money is going to overhead right or wrong like you know i have my own opinions about about charities and and how we've we kind of expect them to run mm-hmm. that's you know non notwithstanding but you know you, you're just terrified of optics because listen the charities have lived and died on that i mean there are charities yeah, that have been wiped true. out because people have got it in their heads like oh well they're just all my money is just going to you know admin cost and fundraising so i'm not giving any more to them and so I get it. I understand that, that charities have to be really sensitive about that. And what they should have really done is, is come to you guys and said, like, hey, can we come back on and address yeah. some of these and talk to you guys yeah. about it and set the record straight? That would have been the thing to do rather than to just be like, so. hey, let's let's make this podcast disappear.
3: Well, one of the things that we wanted to do in this governance podcast, and and I asked uh, the chair of the national board on 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 that podcast that that, that he was on is uh, what's, what's responsible for the divide, right? You have this divide, you have the consumer groups on one side or some, and, and CNIB on the other. And what you're talking about there, Rob, kind of got to it a couple of minutes ago, Ryan, about it was, how do you, how do you breach this divide? Right? Like how, how can that, how can these two sides come together and how can we figure out what's going on there? Or even, even if the two sides can't come together, how can we figure out what's going on there? Like what's responsible for this divide? Is it just, is it just historical? Is it, you know, philosophical? Um, You know, I'm not sure. Maybe it's, maybe it's a combination, but Ryan, you talked about bringing the consumer groups around the table. Well, you know, Probably, CNA. If we're going to have a conversation, and that's that's uh, I talked about that with um, them as well. If we're going to have a con a, a conversation about blindness in Canada, then CnIB needs to be at the table, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, it, it's it, it's interesting. That, you know, I, my my impression, and and you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong with this, but my impression is that some of these consumer groups have sprung out of adversarial relationships with CnIB and. I think maybe some of them have maintained that just because that's where they started mm-hmm. um, but uh you know it, just just having um uh, you know an argumentative or confrontational situation like that doesn't really benefit anybody, but then yeah. nor no does not at all having nor nor does having an op- absolute monopoly over people's lives either so
3: yeah, and I think I think the big question boils down to that question of representation right you have a charity which operates like many charities with a board and you know has its mandate and sort of provides services to people Um, and they're sort of over here and then you have the consumer the consumer groups which you know have a board that's selected and you you choose people from the community and there's this process and and that's over there. And there's maybe that's just a divide, you know. Um, consumers, the consumer groups elect people to that organization, and then there's a mandate for that organization to at least be speak on behalf of their members, right? CNIB seems to take on a mandate of speaking for people who are blind in Canada, but no one's really given them that mandate other than themselves or their board, right? And I, I don't want to belabor that point or say, you know, make huge value judgments about that. But it, but I think that's a principal difference which leads to that divide. Well, and the
2: monopoly too. You know, if, if those of us in the blindness community want access to certain services, and maybe I'm off base on this, like bus passes, um, mm. You know, taxi fares, you kind of need to have a CNIB card.
3: Right? Yeah. Why,
2: why can't we have a government-issued ID? Why does it have to be tied to an right. organization?
3: Yeah. And and we took Kate, so Kate Van from Charity Intelligence, we took her at her word in that podcast, where towards the end of that podcast, she sort of challenged us and she challenged the blind community. And she basically said, as an opinion, you don't need CNIB. You can do things on your own. See what you can do on your own. And we thought, well, that's kind of cool. Let's go out and see if we can do that. So then we talked to um, Deborah Gold, who is the executive director of Balance for Blind Adults Rehab Services in Toronto. And we talked to Elizabeth Blonde, who uh, runs the Pacific Training Institute uh, here in Victoria. And we said, okay, like, what are you guys doing? And that was an attempt to sort of bring other voices in as as option to say mm-hmm. there's not necessarily a monopoly, but but again, those are very at the moment very kind of localized and right. and small services, uh not 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 quite in a position to compete with CNIB. So we we had a meeting today actually to sort of talk about where we're gonna go next. Um so we're gonna record our first uh podcast uh since being on our own and we're we're actually feeling quite good about being on our own you know it's sort of like wow we've got wings now maybe we can fly <laughs> um so um we're going to record our first podcast on friday and we're going to talk about not not talk about this we this this you know this has been done to death we're going to talk about what we're moving on to um and we're, we're if we're going to talk about cnib at all in the future it's going to be in the context of where do they need to go, right? We're not going to talk about what they're doing or what they did or who did what to who. It's going to be about, well, where do they need to go? Uh, and um, they can talk to us about it, about that if they like, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, if the, if the, if the goal here is integration, mainstream, greater social participation, then how, how are we all going to get there? And that includes CNIB, right? So how are you going to do that, CNIB? And I don't think you do that by continuing to operate programs which are off to the side, right? We think you do that by encouraging others in the mainstream to to, to offer those programs or facilitate that discussion. Not be the doers anymore, but to be the ones who make sure that, that gets done by someone else, so um, that's pretty exciting to us to sort of um, move in that direction as a community, including the CNIB. Like, how does everyone just sort of put their cards on the table and have a discussion, right? How how come it's it's 105 years, right, that they've been around, and I I well I assume they had the best of intentions, right? I mean, if you look at the history and you look at these blind veterans coming back from World War 1 they said to each other like hey we need an organization that's going to represent us and they founded the CNIB so CNIB was actually founded in great measure by consumers by mm-hmm. people who are blind right so how do we get from there to here right like that 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 requires a discussion
0: absolutely CNIB does do a lot of good for a lot of people all the time um, you know, you, we don't want to undercut that. I mean, they they are doing good work. Could they be doing better? Yes, absolutely. And so I guess I, I think you're right. Like, I think that the way that you that we go forward is that you have to have discussions and sometimes you have to have hard discussions. Yeah. And sometimes that's uncomfortable, especially when it's in a public forum. But I, I really do. I agree. That's how we make all, all of these organizations better because and, you know, you, we can't even just, point a spotlight at CNIB. Any given organization could be doing better. Um, but the only way that we get there is through conversation and through consultation with each other.
3: Yeah, you you think that we've got a common goal, right? Whether you're a consumer organization or a charity. I mean, our goals are common. And I think we can all recognize that. Um, goals of greater participation and all those sorts of things. So what's the issue, right? Why Why can't we sort of Leave our guns at the door and sit down and yeah have a beer together.
0: Yeah, they they just bring them on the show. Just invite, we'll invite everybody on. We'll have some drinks.
2: Yeah, we won't have drinks. (laughs) We won't have drinks. (laughs) No, no, you don't want you don't want us drinking. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You don't want Ryan drinking. Yeah, you don't
3: want me to Exactly. <laughs> I just won't be I'm there for angry. that episode. <laughs> uh, to me. Okay.
0: Well, okay, so let's let's shift gears a little bit. So talk to us a little bit more then about what, what you guys do have planned for the future and, and sort of is, is this going to sort of change the format and change a little bit of your focus going forward now that you're sort of on your own or what do you guys got planned?
3: Yeah, we're going to continue on, but you know, we're going to change things up a little bit. We've been talking about the the danger of a single story. We're going to move on to um, changing the single story. So, how do you change that? So, we have talked about a lot about you know, sort of what's gone on, um, and I, I guess that's a bit more moving to the present and the future than than the past. Um, so, um, you know, we're going to sort of talking about where do we go next? You know, where do we go next as a community? Um, you know where does Canada needs to go next? Um, so uh, we're we're going to do that by by exploring the topics that we've been exploring. So David Bass is going to talk about technology. So you know the digital age, the age of AI. Like where is this going, and how do we need to be involved? Uh, Hannah Levitt going to talk about education and employment. Those are the two. Uh, topics that she's interested in most. So, you know, how do you, how do you, how do we do better? Everybody uh, in those areas. Uh, Charlene Aot is going to uh, talk about governance. So, are there other governance systems, uh, practices, and uh, around that could be better? We're going to. We've been reaching out to organizations like the RNIB in the UK, Vision Australia, uh, the NFB. In the U.S., just to see how they go about doing things, to see you know if there's some lessons that aren't there, and um, I'm going to be talking about the Accessible Canada Act. So you know this is this should be a big change that the fact that Canada has an act uh, to promote b- better uh, social integration, to promote things like universal design, accessible procurement, and greater employment, all those sorts of things. So. We're going to start, I think, moving on to a more forward-thinking uh, type of approach, um, so that you know we're not stuck talking about the past. We're not stuck stuck talking about what's happened, but you know, where is the future, and and you know, how can we make that future better? Kind of lofty, eh? Yeah, yeah I love it. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I love it. it sounds good. What well, season three? What's after that?
2: No, he's right.
1: How how to polish the perfect world that we've created.
2: Yeah, that's right. A little polish. Right. (laughs) Did your RSS feed change or did it just get redirected? Because people may not. Okay, so people may not find it in their podcatcher, so they may have to do a search again.
3: No, AMI was actually really, really good about that. I'll give that to them. They said you can have all the artwork, uh, you can have. um, the RSS, we'll move the RSS for you, you can have the name. So all the branding uh, they allowed us to keep, just well, just take AMI up, all that stuff. Right. Uh, and they were really, really good about that. So the, the transition's been pretty smooth. Um, so people will find the podcast, the same place there. We least I think.
0: Well, so speaking of that, though, uh, if people have not, Yet, have it in their podcast app. Uh, where can they find it and what can they search for?
3: Yeah, the probably the best thing is to go to triplevision.team, triplevision.team, and they're all listed there on a pick list, uh, that people can go through episode one to episode 35. Um, they, they should remain in their podca- podcast podcatchers, so um, they should be, all be listed there. Um, you can ask for the latest episode of Triple Vision uh, on your smart speaker. Um, they can write to us at triplevision21, triplevision21 at gmail.com, and we can get back to them. So there's there's all kinds of ways they can find it
0: excellent all right well we want to thank you for stopping by once again uh i guess we'll have to have you on season three uh when yeah. you kind of start that and uh yeah have you on yeah. again
2: you're a regular now peter Uh uh-oh okay okay. be afraid be Uh very afraid you don't want to be a regular around here all right well i really appreciate it one of us one
3: of us it's it's good to be among friends so um, Uh,
0: awesome well stop by anytime and uh best of luck with uh with this the rest of this season we're we're very relieved to hear that you're back on uh back on the air and uh look forward to seeing what you guys are up to in the future
3: great we will talk again then okay thanks Thanks so much peter thanks okay all right bye-bye
2: take
0: care well there you go there you you go see we need a good scandal around here to shake things up get Uh, some some sure publicity i i don't know i see that's the thing it's it sucks when politics and all of that get get involved in in podcasting podcasting should just be like you know whatever these are just opinions i mean
1: I don't know i don't know all right Somehow we're we going get... to
2: bring on a disability lawyer to talk all about podcasting and what we can and can't get away with
1: oh that's a great idea that's yeah. a terrific go. idea didn't, wait didn't we have we had a lawyer on well we had Who's that lawyer?
2: Uh, david lapowski but he's Lepofsky. not a
0: disability lawyer mm-hmm. no but didn't we have another what was it what was that lady that oh uh, we had L- laney yeah
2: Laney something yeah yeah that's right we heard she's all about, us. I think, web accessibility lawyer, web oh, accessibility shoot. law. Dang it. I'll find a disability lawyer to talk about opinions expressed on
1: media. Yeah. That's yeah, a good idea. There you go. Because mm-hmm. really, that, that should almost be podcast 101, right? There should, be, there should be courses on this. You know, what can you <laughs> There probably you say? are. <laughs> yeah, there probably
0: <laughs> are. God, it's been seven years and this is the first time we've ever, like, actually worried about what we're saying. We're <laughs> on our eighth already. <laughs> This is our eighth season had to happen eventually folks that's right yeah instead of a serious podcast i'm I'm usually we're talking about the shocker and chinese spy balloons (laughs) 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 when i used when i used to this like real stuff Uh, oh dear <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Will Ferrell's suing us? This thing.
1: It's Saturday um, night. Uh, le- Lorne Michaels and Saturday night Live on
0: the phone, and be like, "Hey, these these assholes in Canada stole like our <laughs> cowbell bit. Sue." Let's get him on the show.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, all right. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. I've had enough. Let's get out of here. All right. Bye. All right. No, before we go, (laughs) where can people find us? I don't
1: know. Steve, where can people find us? Well, they can uh, find us at atbanter.com, I'm pretty sure. They
0: can also drop us an email, if they so desire, at cowbell at atbanter.com.
2: All right. They can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Mastodon.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, so No grinder? No. <laughs> well, Rob <laughs> might be. Stop getting us. Listen, everybody's about to get us sued, i tell you. Hey, wait a minute.
3: <laughs> oh, it I'm finally, suing. It finally fucking. in. It did. second second week in a row. It took me a minute to get. <laughs>
0: to oh, dear. Hey, that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Peter for stopping by